Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Very Cold Lasagna, your filthy casual place for all the filthy casual takes on the world of sports. I am your host, Dylan Lasagna. Welcome to another episode of this icy yet spicy podcast. It is episode number 121, and, well, here we are on the cusp of another weekend of the 2022 NFL playoffs. Playoffs? Yes, playoffs is the conference semifinals, or as they like to call it, the divisional playoffs of the NFL. And that's what we're exactly here to talk about in this little preview of sorts. So, yeah, it was a little bit of an interesting first round uh, of the NFL. And to be honest with you, like I said uh, in the last two episodes, I thought it wasn't going to be as exciting as I initially thought it would be, but it actually turned out to be somewhat, somewhat exciting. Not like too heavily exciting like last year's. But this was a pretty solid, uh, much closer than expected set of games. And yeah, I think in my opinion, though, this this divisional weekend has the expectations of being pretty damn good. I think this is going to be like the big the biggest weekend uh, of football for the, at least this season, uh, at least this season, divisional weekend has like a good, very good slate of games um, as they determine who's going to be in the final four going into the Super Bowl. So I'm pretty excited. I'm actually really, really excited. I know I say that a lot. I'm pretty excited to save these set of games. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's nothing, nothing more you could say. There's literally nothing more you could say about uh, these these upcoming games. So. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about uh, all these four games. The Elite Eight. Uh, yeah, I and mean, there's one all-elite team in in these set of games that we're going to be talking about as well. So buckle up, bitches. We're going to be talking about the NFL Divisional Playoffs. Uh, before we do, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping first uh, before we dive deep into this episode. Um, as always, make sure you listen to Very Cold Lasagna wherever you get your podcasts. Whether it's on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Anchor FM, and Google Podcasts, uh, make sure to you know listen to wherever you get it. Uh, follow the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cold Lasagna. Uh, rate, review, like, comment, share, everybody, um, even a stranger, <laughs> uh, so you can spread the word on all my filthy casual fan takes on the world of sports and. It, it helps it helps me whether you like something I say or you want to like share your opinion on something I don't necessarily uh, you you necessarily agree with but you want to spread your your own view on some on something I say so you know it definitely helps it definitely helps me uh, where I where I need to improve or maybe get a different viewpoint different uh, get a different different viewpoint on a certain certain subject. So, yeah, looking forward to like the next batch of batch of, batch of things coming up on Very Cold Lasagna. Obviously, we have the divisional playoffs this weekend, and I'll be also do, be doing a preview for my San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I'll be talking about them here, but probably not as too in, too deeper than I will be in a separate exclusive YouTube uh, preview for uh, the 49ers as they take on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this weekend, which I'm ex- like really excited for. Um, but anyway, we'll be talking about that here in this episode and also in a 
separate YouTube video on Faircold Lasagna. And then, again, like I said in the last episode, it's going to be a crazy, hectic uh, two weeks coming up. So I, I'm going to try. I'm going to try my damnest to get this content pumped out uh, it, within my very small schedule uh, coming up. So with that being said, I'm going to try to see where I can fit it. So that being the, the recap of this divisional playoffs, uh, the recap of the 49ers and the Cowboys uh, conference championship weekend. And that includes if the 49ers get past the Cowboys, a, their own separate uh, own separate video. I don't know. Is Should it be a video on YouTube or like an, eps, uh, an episode as well? Like I did last year, like they get their own episode and then the AFC championship gets its own episode. We'll see. That depends on if the Niners get past the Cowboys this this weekend. And then we have the Royal Rumble next Saturday. I like, damn, <laughs> I've been keeping up with wrestling. And here we are. The Royal Rumble is on Saturday. And the Raw is OnlyFans. Is <laughs> this Monday? Yeah, Raw is Triple X. It's going the P Hub. It's going on P Hub this Monday from Philadelphia. So. Uh, if you're interested in wrestling, I guess you could go watch Raw being uh, naughty. Uh, not really. Uh, this this Monday. So anyway, uh, we got the divisionals, uh, conference championships, and then try to squeeze it in, a Royal Rumble review. Um, I'm really hoping a certain return happens at the Royal Rumble. And then, yeah, we'll be well on our way to the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it's crazy, man. The NFL season's about to end. So that's pretty much it on my end with like housekeeping stuff. So yeah, make sure you, you keep staying tuned to Very Cold Lasagna. We're just going to keep pumping and pumping, keep grinding, grinding. And I just hope I personally can keep up with it. And you all stay on this journey with me. So anyway, that being said, let's get into it. Let's get into this divisional playoffs, man. The semifinals are here and it's only going to get more crazy. It's only going to get more intense for uh, fans, players, teams, coaches. This is where shit gets almost real. Almost real. I say almost real because when you get to the final four, that's when the shit heats up. That's when it really heats up. And then when you get to the Super Bowl, that's when you put your balls on the line. Uh, all the marbles in there. Because when... You win or lose a Super Bowl, it's over. It's over. Um, <laughs> there's no more football after that. So, yeah, the divisional playoffs are like literally the big one, like the most exciting weekend. Um, because honestly, with the conference championships, like, well, I mean, it's a toss up. It's honestly a toss up with the uh, conference championship weekend. Divisional weekend, it can, this slate of games can provide anything. It can provide anything uh, this weekend. So that being said, let's take a look at this divisional slate, shall we? So that starts off with, uh, on the Saturday side, uh, kicking things off is these four-seeded Jacksonville Jaguars, the all-elite wrestling Jacksonville Jaguars, taking on the top-seeded Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a rematch uh, from Week 10 that Kansas City won, 27-17. Uh, you'll remember that Patrick Mahomes um, didn't really... Um, do too much in that game, but his supporting cast was pretty efficient. 
in that game. So they were able to get past Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars in that game, hold them off late in the game. So, yeah, they won 27-17 to in that game. So the Jaguars going on the road to face Kansas City in the rematch of that game, looking to try and upset the top-seeded yet red-hot uh, Kansas City. So for, for the Jaguars, last, last time we saw them uh, last week, yeah, things looked uh, one and done for them. They really looked out of sorts because they fell into this early 27-0 hole, and it was only mid-second quarter. Thanks to a very terrible uh, performance from Trevor Lawrence, uh, mainly, who threw four interceptions, three of them to Asante Samuel Jr., and, well, the Chargers scored points on all of them. And there was also a muffed punt, which they also scored off of. But they ma they made those adjustments at halftime. Um, they Trevor Lawrence finally cleaned up his act. He played a much cleaner second half. And the defense got to Justin Herbert. They shut him. They pretty much shut him down in the offense. As the Jaguars uh, clawed back into the game, um, they cut the, po the points down to two. And they outscored the Clippers. Yes, the Clippers, 28-3. And they got the ball back, uh, marched down the field with uh, less than two minutes to go, burned the clock, and kicker Riley Patterson scored the game-winning field goal that clinched uh, the win and the comeback, the third-largest playoff comeback for Jacksonville, 31-30. So you can say that, well, either it was Trevor Lawrence who who helped, helped lead the charge for Jacksonville, or it was the Clippers being the Clippers. Oh, sorry, the Chargers, Chargering. Whatever you want to say it for, uh, whatever you want to say it for uh, this game. So here you are, the Jaguars uh, in this in this divisional game for Kansas City, who, by the way, um, who had that first round by as reward for being the number one seed in the AFC and home field advantage. Um, in the AFC playoffs, which, by the way, uh, actually more on that in a bit, because let's talk about Kansas City in a bit uh, for, for a little bit, because, you know, for, for the Chiefs, they were expected to be challenged, like heavily challenged because of the massive turnover in the rest of the AFC West. You know, Denver got Russell Wilson. Uh, the Raiders got uh, Devontae Adams with Derek Carr and... Uh, Chandler Jones on defense and then the Chargers got all these upgrades on on defense such as JC Jackson and Khalil Mack and looking at the Chiefs they traded away their receiver their top man Tyree Kill to the Dolphins in the off last offseason and they didn't do much uh, to upgrade at that position so they were expected to be heavily challenged and people are expecting Travis Kelsey to be doubled. But in spite of those challenges, not having that consistency at receiver, despite Travis Kelsey being doubled all the time, and those those troubles at defense uh, continuing to uh, pile up at times, they still found a way to win games. Patrick Mahomes in the offense still found a way to torch everybody. So they went 14-3. and And the AFC West ended up being a massive bust. Uh, the Chiefs secured their seventh straight division title. And yeah, 
they still managed to keep pace with the Buffalo Bills. They still managed to keep pace with the Cincinnati Bengals, despite losing to both of them. And due to the canceled Bills and Bengals game in Week 17, they, well, they just got they got the opportunity. They took advantage of it and nabbed that top overall seed, doing part of that. So here they are, um, it gained the number one overall seed, gained that first round bye, getting at least a home playoff game and a bye. The thing is, if they get to the AFC Championship game, if they if the Bills also somehow manage to win this this weekend, guess what the the reward is for Kansas City? Well, they don't get to play the AFC Championship game um, at home. They get to play the Bills um, pretty much in Atlanta. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's I guess that's. I guess they have, they have to make it fair. They have to make it fair for um, for for Buffalo, uh, I guess, and Kansas City. So that that is what it is. So going into this game for for both of these teams for the Jaguars, obviously the thing you have to to do if you're you're the Jags is Trevor Lawrence has to play a much cleaner game for all four quarters because throwing four interceptions um, against even a a decent yet and solid Kansas City defense, it's not going to get it done because unlike the Clippers, Patrick Mahomes um, will take advantage of those turnovers. He will slice you up, um, especially with the pass defense that the Jaguars have. So the Jaguars, they need to get off to a better start in the first half. Trevor Lawrence needs to play a much cleaner game all throughout if they want to stand a chance. And for the Chiefs, well, Mahomes has been, he played a cleaner game recently, but there have been times when he's been under duress where he just eats the ball. He turns that shit over. But either way, I still think that uh, the Chiefs will win, will win this game um, as long as his receivers can do, can do their role. Um, as long as the sec- the special teams like doesn't give up any like a huge, uh, a huge f- a huge field, so I think I do think the Jag- the Jaguars can keep pace if they can play a clean game, but I don't think um, they'll be able to keep pace enough to limit Mahomes and and his supporting cast. So I do think the Chiefs will eventually pull off away with the win. And I know some people are like, oh, damn, the Chiefs again. Well, find a way to stop them. Find a way to contain Patrick Mahomes. And then, then we can talk. So I'm going with the Chiefs over the Jags. Um, no, real, Not really much of a score. So they're just find a way to contain Patrick Mahomes. And then we could talk. <laughs> so moving on to the next game, we have the nightcap on the NFC side. Number six seeded New York Giants. Yeah, the Giants. Against the top seed Philadelphia Eagles, a three-match NFC East rivalry. Like, who would have seen this coming, huh? So the Eagles swept the season series week 14. They blew out the Giants at their um, at MetLife, uh, and in week 18, they they clinched the number one seed um, at home, 22 to 16. Um, and yeah, they really played weirdly against Giants backups who had nothing to play for in that game. So. Kind of odd there. So anyway, 
Um, for this game, uh, for the Giants, you know, they were coming in, obviously, having to, as a wild card, they had to go on the road to play the Vikings, and they did pretty, pretty good. They did pretty good in that wild card game against Minnesota. In fairness, Minnesota's defense is pretty bad. It's it's god awful uh, because Daniel Jones was able to methodically hammer them constantly, both in the air in the passing game uh, to to Darius Slain and his various other receivers, Saquon Barkley, and on the ground with his legs. He he was able to get uh, the the RPO, the run pass option, and just get some quarterback power runs going um, at will. So the Giants were able to go up by 10 in the third quarter, even though even though they kept the Vikings kept clawing back and eventually tied the game. But still, the Giants were just able to keep the ball away from uh, Minnesota because well, the Vikings can't stop Daniel Jones. So the, the Giants eventually went back up by uh, seven points, 31 to 24, late in the fourth quarter. Saquon Barkley just torched the, the Vikings um, defensively with a, with a big touchdown run. Uh, and yeah, they went up 31 to 24 midway through the fourth quarter and the defense who would constantly pressure Kirk Cousins, forcing him to throw it away early and they would hold off the Vikings, getting him stops at midfield on the Vikings last gasp and people criticize this enough, uh, enough, but they forced Kirk Cousins to throw a check down well short of the first down marker and yeah, the Giants managed to keep the upset going 31 to 24. And I know people were like, the Giants are going to get smashed in Philadelphia, but who knows? Who knows? I mean, not to say that the Giants may win this game, but they're they're playing they're they're playing pretty with with solid solid momentum right now. Solid momentum. Their their defense is pretty picking up speed at the moment, and they're you, they're taking full advantage of Daniel Jones and and his his multi uh, multi skilled ability, like at least against bad bad defenses at the moment. So <laughs> anything is possible. Anything is possible uh, going to these underdog giants. So meanwhile, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, obviously last year when they were in, in the first round of the playoffs, a disappointing end for them. They were blown out by the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Jalen Hurts looked very uncomfortable, um, in that game, especially with a bad offensive line, but they made a lot of changes in the off season. Um, they made, uh, improvements on defensively and they got some pieces around the offensive line to better protect Jalen Hurts and they made a big move in the NFL draft to trade for Titans wide receiver AJ Brown to give um, Hertz another option besides their uh, second year receiver Devonte Smith. So, as a result, what happened? Well, during this season, they became one of the most explosive and balanced teams in the NFL, um, alongside uh, Devonte Smith and AJ Brown. They got a good running game with Miles Sanders and. That, that was due to the much stronger offensive line providing a lot of uh, wide-open lanes for Sanders, and that goes beyond the inside. He was a good outside runner as well. So defensively, they got a good pass rush, um, mainly due to the signing of Hassan 
Hassan Reddick in, in the offseason for the Panthers. So they got a pass rush that can quickly get to the quarterback. Even if they can't sack him, they can create pressure. And a secondary um, that can go man-to-man and create turnovers or just stop stop plays from happening. So the Eagles went 8-0 to start the season. They lost to the Commanders in an upset win. And I guess that's the thing with um, the Eagles sometimes. They can overlook like weak teams like Washington um, and the Jaguars at times. But they still find a way to come back, um, get the win. I mean, th- that wasn't the case against Washington. Um, but they still looked unstoppable um, late in the season. But the problem was they the injuries just piled up um, very late in the season, like injuries to Lane Johnson, the, uh, one of their tackles on the offensive line, Avante Maddox, um, and even to Jalen Hurts. Uh, he got hurt late in the season with... Uh, an injury to his sh- throwing shoulder. And uh, he missed a couple of games and the, the the Eagles lost two straight to the Cowboys and the Saints and it prevented them from clinching the, the top seed in the division. So they had to go into the last game of the season against the Giants who were playing their backups and they had to bring out Jalen Hurts um, who was less than 100% and it showed. But they still managed to uh, get the win despite the Giants' backups keeping it close. But... They went 14-3, got the top seed that they needed uh, to give themselves times to get Jalen Hurts one, uh, at least 100% healthy um, somewhat and get some of their starters that were injured healthy in themselves. So here they are uh, going to this game, um, at least getting some of their people back, um, getting near full strength. And we're about to find out if um, that bye week really helped them, especially Jalen Hurts. Uh, so that's the key, just how healthy, uh, Jalen hurts and some of these key starters are, um, going into this game because sure, um, they're off the injury report They're It does. It's list is not, not listed that they're, um, injured or anything anymore, but just how healthy and how efficient they will be, uh, going to Saturday night against the giants who have been playing pretty solid, like, and motivated, uh, right now, coming off that game against the Vikings. And for the Giants, can Daniel Jones play another clean game against a tougher uh, Philadelphia defense? Um, I think the biggest thing for Daniel Jones to take advantage of is the Eagles' run defense, um, even with the return of some of their uh, uh, defenders. So Daniel Jones has actually proven to be a, a a solid running quarterback. So if he can't find anything to get going with uh, uh, with his receivers, just run the damn thing. So I do think that even though the Eagles are a well-balanced team, aside from the injuries, I do think the Giants can keep it close, even if they don't win it, even if they don't win this game. So the, the, the Giants... We'll keep it much closer than you think. Their their pass rush is has been been proving a lot more in in the weeks that we've seen them. But I think that the Eagles, in spite of a less than 100% Jalen Hurts, will find a way to get it done um, and hold off the Giants from winning this game. It's going to be a close one. The Eagles will find a way to win in in, in advance to the NFC Championship game. So going to the Sunday slate of games uh, here. Um, Kicking off at the AFC side, 
we have the three-seeded Cincinnati Bengals taking on the number two Buffalo Bills in the, the Week 17 matchup that never happened. So, obviously, this matchup never happened in Week 17 because of what happened to Bill Safety, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, and, yeah, both of these teams are kind of entering um, this game with not so good momentum. And why do I say that? Well, let's look at their wildcard games. Uh, for the Bengals, um, the Ra- that's because the Ravens uh, played them tough. And everyone expected the, the, uh, the, the Bengals to completely uh, run the run the Ravens out of the building but instead Cincinnati and especially on off on offense it didn't exactly uh play play well mainly in part to Joe Burrow not being able to um escape the pocket get some plays out to his receivers um and yeah the Ravens defense just clamping up on Joe Burrow so and on the other side Tyler Huntley was actually able to get some big throws going to his receivers that are not named Mark Andrews. And they kept it close. They kept it close uh, uh, and got tied it at 17. But a decision to have Huntley try to jump the ball um, at their goal line to try to get a touchdown, take the lead, it backfired because he had that ball punched out. And then Sam Hubbard on the Bengals defense recovered it and took it on the opposite end of the field um, and scored what would be the Bengals' last touchdown. And they would hold off uh, Baltimore 24-17. But man, the Bengals didn't exactly have the nicest of games on offense. Um, And against the Bills, who have a much better defense, um, and sure, they give us some big chunk plays too. And with the Bengals' offensive line struggling and with injuries, it, it's going to be rough. Meanwhile, for the Bills, they also didn't have exactly a great game either because everyone, like me, picked uh, the Bills to beat the beat the Dolphins easily, with the, especially with a third-string quarterback like Skylar Thompson who had to fill in with injuries to Tua Tagovailoa and Teddy Bridgewater. And initially, it looked like that early on. They were up 17 to nothing early, uh, but they allowed the Dolphins to jump back in it, tie it, and then later overtake them uh, with the 24 to 20 lead because Josh Allen was way too careless with the football. He was handing out turnovers like it was Christmas in January. So, yeah, that allowed Miami to take the lead despite the offense kind of struggling for uh, the Dolphins at times. But that same Miami offense stalled in the fourth quarter with its own turnovers. It's and very bad clock management by Mike McDaniel and Skylar Thompson. And that allowed Buffalo to retake the lead for good and escape with the 34 to 31 win. So going to this game for both of these teams, obviously the injuries for Cincinnati's offensive line are starting to mount. Like half of their offensive line is pretty much banged up. Uh, Lyle Collins, obviously, out for the season with the torn ACL. Um, Alex Kappa, the guard, has an ankle issue that caused him to miss uh, the, the game against the Ravens. And there's another uh, lineman that has a dislocated uh, kneecap. I always forget the name, by the way. <laughs> but half of their starting offensive linemen are, are potentially not available for this game. And it's just like 2021 all over again for Cincinnati. And... Yes, you could say that 
Joe Burrow can overcome was able to overcome that in in the 2021 playoffs until he couldn't against a much better pass rush in the Rams in the Super Bowl. But as I want, like as I want, it's gonna eventually like cost the Bengals again, and it potentially could here against the Bills even without uh, Von Miller in the pass rush. Speaking of the Bills. They have to find a way. They really have to find a way to put less pressure on Josh Allen because I feel like whatever they're doing, I don't know if it's like this offensive scheme. I don't know if it's the coordinator, Ken Dorsey, but I feel like they're putting way too much pressure on Josh Allen or maybe Josh Allen's putting too much pressure on himself. But either way, the Bills got to find a way to tell Josh Allen, hey, you're putting too much pressure on yourself. You're creating too much turnovers. It's like, you got to, you gotta trust your you gotta you gotta find trust again in your teammates. You gotta find trust in your running game. Because these turnovers are gonna be the undoing. Like I said, they're gonna be the undoing of the Bills in the playoffs. And if they creep up again against Cincinnati, even with the bad offensive line that the Bengals have right now, that could be their undoing. These turnovers are gonna be worse for the Bills. They could get beat here. So, getting to my point, this matchup may come down to Josh Allen versus Joe Burrow. For me, this matchup is going to be all about the trenches. What goes down between the offensive line against the pass rush? Which offensive line is going to be better in protection against the other strong pass rush? Because if the Bengals' pass rush is better than the Bills' offensive line, it's going to force Josh Allen to be a turnover machine. It's going to force Josh Allen to make those yeet throws that we saw against Miami's. If Joe Burrow's offensive line is crumbling against the Bills' pass rush, he's going to get sacked relentlessly. He's going to get he's going to crumble under the pressure. So this game is going to be honestly a toss-up, um, for at least for me. But obviously, we have to go with one team here, and man. It's tough. It really is tough. But I don't know. My gut tells me that I would go with Cincinnati over the Bills because at least with Joe Burrow, he can better protect the football than Josh Allen can. And with Joe Burrow, he can, he has more trustability. He, he can find a way to make that comeback or make better scoring opportunities for his team than right now, at least Josh Allen can. So sure. Like everyone wants to see Mahomes and Josh Allen again, but right now it's just like, can, can Josh Allen control the turnovers? Can he reduce them right now? I, I don't know against a better Cincinnati defense. It's like, I don't think it's possible. So it's honestly a, it's honestly a, light, a free throw right now. And my free throw is going with Cincinnati. So the final game of the divisional playoffs involves my team. My San Francisco 49ers as the two seed hosting the five seeded Dallas Cowboys. And it's the latest installment of their rivalry, um, their historic rivalry. And it's a rematch of their wild card meeting last year that was on Nickelodeon <laughs> in Dallas. Uh, the Niners won that game 21 to 16, I believe. And 
I'm telling you all, I'm telling you all, uh, do I have to remind you all how Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo was robbed of the MVP? He, like, I, I was tweeting it. Jimmy Garoppolo should have won the MVP and you people all voted Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott won the MVP. You people are re unreal. You people are unreal. Like, why did, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just playing with y'all. I'm just playing y'all. Anyway. This is a big matchup. I, I believe, like, like aside, I guess aside from the the Bills and Bengals, I guess, I think, in my opinion, this is the biggest matchup of divisional playoff weekend. Because, aside from this being a historic rivalry, this is, uh, this is like, the biggest test for both of these teams um, going up against each other. Because, obviously, you know, Dak Prescott, back in the divisional playoffs since... Uh, 20 i think 2018 and yet you have the he's been very on and off and then obviously brock purdy facing his toughest defense yet so obviously both of these teams played in the the first round and got, and both of these teams actually had a kind of a cakewalk um going into this game so for the cowboys um they were playing tom brady in the bucks on the road um as a wild card and uh, initially, they struggled in on their first couple of drives, but Dak Prescott in the offense eventually got it going, and completely from there dissected the Bucks defense in more ways than one. Um, Dak Prescott made easy work of that defense for four passing and one rushing touchdown, five total touchdowns, um, and yeah, was able to just easily dissect it. Easily found C.D. Lamb, easily found Dalton Schultz, and Michael Gallup. And the running game of Tony Pollard was also pretty good too. And the the defense on the Cowboys side made Tom Brady look very uncomfortable. Tom Brady looked like an old man in that game. That defense made Tom Brady look like he needed to go into the retirement home right now. Um, he just made him look very uncomfortable, made him uh, defer to short throws or just throw the ball into the ground. And they eventually got to him like three times. Constantly stonewalled their offense, and it was just a total beatdown. And the Cowboys blew them out, uh, thirty-one to fourteen. It was just wow. They really made the Bucks feel like they don't—they absolutely don't deserve it. And it, yeah, the Bucks didn't deserve to be in that position at eight and nine. So the Cowboys made easy, easy work of the Bucks. Meanwhile, for White 49ers, obviously. Um, it looked like easy work, at least in the second half. The first half, though, um, it was a much closer game than expected because of the poor first half performance from the Niners' defense because and their inability to stop uh, the Seahawks, uh, mainly uh, DK Metcalf and Kenneth Walker the third. And yeah, the defense was just atrocious for the 49ers in the first half. Um, and then Brock Purdy didn't really have a a great first half either because of his inexperience in the playoff environment. And yeah, they were facing the, the Seahawks the, a third time. And it's always hard to beat them three times because the Seahawks brought their a game. They were swept by the Niners in the regular season. So they were trying their damnest in that game. But in the second half, um, the Niners turned it around um, and they really got it going with a strip stack fumble created by Charles Amenahu and eventually from there, uh, Brock Purdy and the offense finally got revved up. They, from there, they, was, they were outscored to Seahawks 
and ran them out of the building 41 to 23. So this game is a big one. Um, winner goes on to the NFC Championship game. The stakes are really high. Uh, for Dallas, obviously, the biggest thing going into this game is going to be whether or not Dak Prescott can carry that good performance he had in Tampa into San Francisco. Just keep in mind, uh, whenever Dak has had a good game, he follows it up with a bad game. So it's kind of like last year, like where Dak has had these very inconsistent performances. Same thing with uh, this year. Um, last, uh, The last games of the season, um, when he did pretty bad, uh, pretty, pretty 50-50 in Jacksonville, then he did pretty good against Philadelphia. Uh, he didn't do... He did okay in Tennessee, but then he did very bad in in Washington against a really good defense, and that had nothing to play for. So then he did good against a bad Bucks defense. Now he's going up against a much tougher uh, 49ers defense. So Dak, it the Cowboys are going to need Dak Prescott to have a good performance against a much tougher defense that does have his does have a little bit of weakness um, in in the passing game, but it's going to be a lot tougher to create some opportunities. Meanwhile, for the 49ers, obviously, Brock Purdy faces a tough defense of his own um, against the Cowboys, uh, especially with Micah Parsons, with Demarcus Lawrence. Um, a, lot, a lot of those playmakers, Trayvon Diggs. So, Brock Purdy um, is... From here on out, it's actually a lot of tougher defenses um, if they somehow get past the Cowboys, if it's Philadelphia or the Giants or like the Bills or the, the Bengals or the Chiefs. So from here on out, Brock Purdy is going to face a lot of tough tests, and it begins here against Dallas. So this is the most intriguing matchup to watch because, well, for Dallas, it's at their best or an efficient team. And the Niners have been a strong team um, pretty much all like for most of the year, especially since Purdy came on to uh, step in, fill in for Garoppolo, and eventually take on as a starter. So, despite the Cowboys having the rest disadvantage, they'll make it close. There, they'll be a tough test for the 49ers. But the Niners, I think they'll win a close one. They'll win a close contest again as their skilled players on both sides of the ball. Um, will just be too much for the Cowboys to overcome. So, my picks, Chiefs, Eagles, uh, Bengals, and the 49ers on Divisional Weekend. Again, very fluid um, because, well, nothing's guaranteed in the NFL unless, you know, something really does happen. <laughs> but it's going to be crazy. It, this is going to be um, the most important weekend. The big weekend of the NFL, and then anything on conference championship weekend is a toss up. So, anyway, uh, let me know your picks. Um, conference, uh, not conference, divisional weekend, <laughs> divisional playoff weekend, uh, however you can with the comments in YouTube or on social media at Very Cold Lasagna on Twitter and Instagram. And let me know if you're excited for this divisional playoff slate this weekend. Whether you're a fan of these teams or not, playoffs are always fun time uh, in, in the NFL whether you're a fan of the NFL or not. So anyway, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Very Cold Lasagna, episode number 121 of this icy yet spicy podcast. And 
And as always, keep that lasagna very cold in the fridge with your takes on the world of sports. And until next time, peace out.